Hello, Amanda Smith here. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's edition of How She Did It. As always, I'm so grateful to have you here with me. Make sure before you leave after this episode, you hit that subscribe button. That we can come back and hang out with us every week. So this week's guest is in her first season working as the Milwaukee Bucks digital and sideline reporter. She actually came to this position from Denver, Colorado, where she was an Emmy award-winning news reporter and anchor at Fox 31 and Channel 2. She played four years of collegiate basketball at Elon University, a Division I school in North Carolina, and no big deal, but she holds the school shooting record for single season three-point percentage. Don't challenge her to a game of horse. (laughs) I'm so excited for you to get to learn more about her and a part of her story. Here is Zora Stevenson. here with Zora Stevenson. Thank you so much for joining me on the pod today. I am so excited to get to chat with you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. And I know everybody says they're honored, but I am. I mean, all the people you've talked to and then you pick me, um, I hope I can just add a little something. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I wish you could see me. I have like my hands over my face right now because stop. So happy to have you here. Like thrilled anytime anyone's like, yeah, I'll do that. I'm like, wait, really? <laughs> so I'm just excited to to get to learn more about you and your story. Uh, I was just telling Zora, I actually reside in her neighbor state. I'm from Illinois. And so I first want to ask you, now that you've spent an extended period of time in Wisconsin, have you by chance been to the Mars Cheese Castle? <laughs> no, but I know exactly where it is because it's on the highway as you're driving to and from yes. Chicago from Milwaukee, <laughs> so I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's one of those things that every time you pass it, you're like, we really need to go there. And then you right. never do. So if you have any insight into, like, whether, you know, it's worth my time, let me know. Girl, I know it looks weird. And if anyone listening ever <laughs> sees this, you'll be like, wait, what? But... If you go inside, they have, like, the best cheese bread. So this just goes into the stereotype of Wisconsin (laughs) and cheese, and that's all they do here is, like, drink beer and eat cheese. And it's funny because that is a high-priority activity. Um, (laughs) So it's just funny that when you're driving along the highway and you see – it's like, yeah, like you said, a castle – um, so hey, why not? Now now more than ever we've got time to do it, so maybe I'll add it to my bucket list. <laughs> exactly. A castle dedicated to cheese. What <laughs> more Wisconsin thing could there be? <laughs> Nothing. So like we're talking about right now, you currently reside in Wisconsin because you work as a digital and sideline reporter for the Milwaukee Bucks in Fox Sports Wisconsin. And I was listening to a video interview that you did, and you said you really fell in love with the game watching the NBA and the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, having grown up playing basketball and coming to this position from a news background, did mm-hmm. you ever anticipate that this sport you watched and played would become a part of your job title? I always hoped it would, right? Um, because it is the intersection of of everything that I love. When we're talking about basketball and storytelling, 
and content that makes people happy and smile. And so I'm honored that I have this opportunity. I'm having so much fun. And, yeah, I, I always hoped I would be here, but I didn't know how I would get here, right? And, you know, people always want experience, but, you know, it takes time to get it. And so I'm just happy that I'm here and I'm enjoying the ride. Yeah, you know, I was actually reading an article about you, too. Oh, my gosh, am I crazy? Um, but <laughs> you talked about being rejected from different jobs, and you said, yeah, but all it takes is one yes. Over time, though, when you would repeatedly hear no, how did you not let that kind of take a toll on your soul? Mm. That's a good question. It did take a toll on my soul. <laughs> uh, you know, you see yourself a certain way, and when other people see you differently, that's where emotion comes into play, right? Only naturally. And for me, it just inspires me to work harder and to do more, right? So there's two ways that you could go when you hear these no's. It's you could stop and maybe think it's not for you, or you could really listen to what people are saying and take that feedback as constructive criticism and work on the things that people say you need to get better at. And, and I, I will say it was a blessing for me because as I was getting all these no's in sports and everybody telling me, like, you'll never get into sports, I had all these yeses in news, which was so interesting, right? Um, but I wouldn't trade my journey for anything because I grew to love news. I after college, I got into news, and no, it wasn't necessarily my first choice, and I grew to love it and appreciate it and really take pride and responsibility in the craft of storytelling and informing people every single night when they get home, telling them what happened during the day. And so I get excited talking about news because I, especially local news, I think it's so, so important. And what those journalists do is vital to our society. And, um, yeah, you know, I wouldn't trade the nose for anything because then I wouldn't have gone – the news route and really learned what it means to be a journalist. It's not just about being on TV. It's not just about, you know, being in sports and thinking it's awesome and it's fun, which it is, but like really learning what it means to be a journalist and how to write and tell stories. That's what news taught me and I wouldn't trade it for anything. What has that transition been like from local news to going from covering a multitude of different people and different stories that you may not know until that story comes up to now specifically working with one team. Yeah, it's been really fun. And of course it's a it, it's a learning process, but at the end of the day, I believe it doesn't matter what subject you're covering, right? Like I'll, so many people say, "Oh, you know, it's her first season, it's her first time doing sports in this capacity." And, yeah, you could argue that, but at the same time, like, I have years of experience as a journalist, and that's exactly what I'm doing in my role with the Bucks. Like, I am still a reporter. The topic is just different. And so while in news I was doing different topics every single day and rushing to get things done and talking to different people, here I'm just reporting on the same topic every day. And it's a topic that people like to talk about. It makes you smile. and makes you forget about all the craziness in the world. And so – uh, it's been fun, yeah. And, uh, again, it's it's just been a learning process, but at the end of the day, I am loving it. And I feel that if you're a journalist, you're prepared for any topic, and mine just happens to be Bucks basketball. Yes. 
we stand bosses on this show. I'm obsessed already. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> talk about the years of experience you have working in this field. Over the past several years, I was kind of reading that you've made lots of moves, um, not just figuratively, but literally, whether it be from your home in Virginia to then college in North Carolina, working in news in Colorado, now you're in Wisconsin. What would your best advice be to someone who is maybe in a similar situation about the benefits and challenges that come with a willingness to be mobile? Yeah. Let's start with the challenges, and then we can end on kind of a happy note, right? I mean, the challenges <laughs> are the ob- <laughs> the challenges are the obvious ones. I am really, really close to my family, and they live in North Carolina. And with my past two moves, that uh, is nowhere near that, right? And so uh, I think that's definitely a challenge. And just like I thrive off having a circle, I'm really close to friends and family and the places that I've lived, particularly talking about Denver, Colorado and Milwaukee, Wisconsin, are not any of the places where I have that village. Village is really important to me. And so uh, I have had, my husband and I have had to make our own village everywhere we go. I will say, though, the positives are is that we have learned so much about ourselves and we have grown as people because I believe that when you're put in these spaces where it's like, you know, sink or swim and it's just you, you bond as individuals and as a couple and then you grow as people because you just kind of have to figure it out. And now we feel like we can go anywhere because, we you know, we figured out Denver, Colorado. We're in the process of figuring out Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And so now it's like, oh, well, we can live anywhere, and we know that we've got one another and we've got each other. And, um, yeah, it just kind of gives you confidence that you can figure things out. So my advice to people, if there's an opportunity and location is the only thing that kind of has you going back and forth, I say take it. I mean, there's food, water, and places to live in most cities in the United States of America. So you will have everything you need. And from there, you can just figure it out. And I think that the benefit of it is I have been exposed to all different types of people, and I love that. And I'm not just talking about what you see from people, but their backgrounds and what they believe in and their values. And I think that's beautiful, and I wouldn't change it for anything. I know that we talked a little bit about how you grew up watching basketball, and I was reading that you also said, you know, Basketball has just kind of always been there for you. What is maybe your earliest memory you have playing the game? So when you said earliest memory of the game, I think to the cul-de-sac where my cousins (laughs) lived in Laurel, Maryland. That's like, that's where I was introduced to the game. My two older cousins that played basketball and I would go to all their games. Again, like I said, real close family and as I was, like, a kid growing up, the goal, like, they had, you know, those baskets where you can adjust the height of it? We would start yeah. lower, and, like, months and months, I would just try to get to 10 feet, right? And, um, yeah, it it was that process of getting to, like, regulation and finally having, like, the muscle and the strength to get it up there. So those are my, like, first memories of the game of basketball, right? And then it started to coincide with, my relationship with my dad, and we would go to all the local high school basketball games. Like, I was the kid that on Friday night, I just wanted to go to a high school basketball game with my dad. <laughs> uh, it wasn't about going to the mall. It wasn't about going to the mall or hanging out with friends. It was like, Dad, like, we're going to go to a high school basketball game. 
And uh, I grew up watching, I don't know if people are familiar, but if you follow the WNBA, then you know her, Jasmine Thomas. She plays for the Connecticut Sun. She yeah. went to Duke University, and she went to my high school. So she's four years older than me, so she was gone by the time I was a freshman. But those four years before I got to high school, like, we would go to every single Oakland High School basketball game on Friday nights just to see Jasmine Thomas play. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just grew up following her. And then it moved to then, like, the WNBA, the Mystics, the NBA, the Wizards, and I just kind of got into the fandom of the local teams. And then it just grew from there, and uh, my family's into it and went away to play college basketball, and the rest is history. Um, and, y'all, in case you didn't know, Zora can, like, step back from deep range. Um, I saw that you hold Elon University's single-season three-point percentage shooting record. So, like, ain't challenging you to a game of horse. <laughs> that's the one thing I can't I tell people horse right like one-on-one it really depends on who you are uh I'm not the quickest person my ball handling is not amazing but if we're playing horse I got you I'll bet money I'll bet money on horse all right you're like I can out shoot all of you sit down <laughs> I always say that basketball has given me so much and taught me so much um I feel like the list mm-hmm. is just kind of endless and I know that it's kind of the same situation for you. So maybe what are some of the things that basketball has taught and given to you? I love this question. I absolutely love this question because basketball has given me so many things. It's given me people. It's given me relationships. It's given me opportunity, right? Um, like my dearest, dearest friends, both of my like best, best friends in this world I met through basketball. Um, so many important people in my life I met through the game of basketball, simply being teammates, right? You started as teammates, turned into friends, and then sisters. Um, then the game of basketball gave me my husband, right? He played basketball at Elon University, and we met during summer school when all the athletes were there kind of getting some extra credits and extra courses in. And it gave me the opportunity to travel. I went to Australia for what is called people to people. It's this basketball educational experience. Went all the way to Australia for the game of basketball. I played AAU for Blue Williams. We went to Puerto Rico. I mean, there's so many places I have been because of the game of basketball. And it's the game that keeps on giving, right? Like, it got to a point where all I was really getting from the game of basketball after I had, you know, it gave me a a full ride to an amazing institution. Then I graduated and I'm in news, right? So not as involved in the game. And at that point, it's like, okay, I'm just really playing pickup basketball at the park, right? That was what basketball meant to me at that time. And then the game comes back and it says, no, I'm not done with you yet. You're going to work in the NBA and you're going to arguably work for the best team in the NBA. And it's a fact that right now they have the best record in the NBA, right? Like this game is so beautiful. And yeah, a lot of it comes from playing, but a lot of it is not, right? It's just all the things that stem from loving what this orange ball can do for you, both on and off the court. So I think the biggest gift we can give is just to respect the game uh, and enjoy it. From a broadcasting perspective, is there anyone that you watched or read their writing or listened to while you were navigating steps throughout this industry that you look to for inspiration? For sure. Well, so many people on the list is long, but, like, I have, like, a certain, I guess, list that, like, you take – 
different things from all of them, right? Like Doris Burke, the queen, but like the way she can break down any play and the respect that she has from everybody in this industry. If we're talking about Maria Taylor, it's her versatility, right? She can go from being on the sidelines to being at the desk. She was doing college football, and now she's like at the helm doing NBA basketball. Holly Rowe, how she handled all of the big moments, right? Like if there's a big moment and you want a sideline reporter, you're going to choose Holly Rowe because she's going to get the best emotion, and right, and she's going to tell the best story in that moment. Uh, Kristen Ledlow, her delivery, right, and her poise when she's doing her walk-offs and any interviews that she's doing. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, LaChina Robinson, the way she gives back. I mean, she is so selfless to so many people who just want to make it in this business. And so I'm just so grateful for all of the people, even that they're just going about their daily lives and they don't know that they're inspiring, they're inspiring me. That list is, like, literally iconic. Most of them have been <laughs> guests on the pod, and now we get to add your name to the list. So excited. <laughs> you know, like we're talking, this has been your first season working with the Bucks, And I don't know that we'll see many seasons in the future that look the same. For example, a bubble, you know. How has this time maybe pushed you as a creative? Well, I hope we don't see a season like this again, right? Um, nobody wants that. And what a what a crazy first year. Um, it, it's been such an amazing ride. And then obviously the pause, but now they're starting to restart things, and that, that's exciting. I mean, we all have to always be creative. I think now it's the remote. It's how can you be creative without having that in-person communication and connection? And it's been really fun just working with the Bucks during this time. And we've done Instagram Lives, which I know the whole world has picked up on. We've done Zoom interviews. We have done different phone calls, and then they've added, like, graphics onto them. We're going to have to get really creative with this bubble because right now, for the time being, we're going to be doing games from Milwaukee. And so, obviously, the bubble is in Orlando, Florida. And it's like, how do you – do your responsibilities as a sideline reporter without being on the sidelines, right? Um, and so that's something that we're figuring out right now, and I can't wait to tackle that challenge and meet it head on. So everybody just kind of has to think outside of the box and remember the goal in mind. Like, what's your goal when you're creating content? Don't just create it to create it. Have a goal in mind and then go after it. At least that's my experience. Oh, thinking outside of the box is a great transition into this little game we're going to play. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> uh-oh, why is this supposed to be fun? <laughs> I'm so bad at rapid fire. If this is rapid fire, I'm awful at it, but I'm going to It's not rapid fire. I'm <laughs> Okay, it's more of a Disney-inspired game here. As you know, the NBA is down in their little bubble in Orlando, Florida. Uh-huh. And so I've gone ahead and listed the four different Disney parks. And so in this, like, alternate universe, instead of a bubble, we can have Bucks players living at each of the parks. And so we'll go through them, and you can tell me which player or players or staff or, like, put yourself somewhere, too. Where do you think they would fit best? Oh, okay. It's not rapid. So we're talking – it's not. I liked it. So we're talking, what, Epcot, Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom – 
in Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios. Okay. All right. Go ahead. All right. So let's just start first on the list. We've got Hollywood Studios. And so it currently looks like they have dedicated that whole section of the park to replicating Star Wars. So which Bucks players would like to live in Star Wars land? (laughs) So this is hard because my first inclination is to put Brooke and Robin. Brooke and Robin like the entire park. Yeah. So it's hard to pick one area for them. But they really are intrigued with all the Star Wars stuff. I'm not, you know, up to speed, but I would put both of them there. That's exactly what I was thinking, too, because I saw this, like, video of them touring the that specific park, joking which of the characters each of them were. They're like, we're R2-D2 and C-3PO. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but it sounds fun. <laughs> oh, they're, they're, they're into all the Star Wars stuff. Um, and when, like, stuff opens for the first time, they're there. Um, <laughs> so I would put them, I would put them in Hollywood Studios. It's interesting that you had the Star Wars, because if it was just Hollywood Studios, I'd put different people there, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but we'll leave Brooke and Robin there. Other Star Wars. Nobody else is coming to mind for Star Wars. If they Wars. get the whole park to themselves, I mean, that's probably ideal for them. <laughs> not Giannis, not Chris. Now I'm going, like, through the team in my head. Okay, let's go to the next park. Okay, we've got Disney's Animal Kingdom for our animal lovers. It literally says on the website, become one with nature. George Hill, easy, easy. He has a whole ranch in San Antonio with all different types of animals. So George Hill for sure, Animal Kingdom. Uh, You know, Dante DiVincenzo, the reason I say that he loves dogs. Like, he partners with um, the Humane Society here in Milwaukee. And so you think Animal Kingdom, you don't necessarily think dogs, but he appreciates animals. Um, those are the two that popped in my head for Animal Kingdom. I feel like I would put myself in the Animal Kingdom. That's where I would yeah, go. Yeah, you would? Yeah. I'm like, you would. my dream is to do, like, a real safari that that would be fun. You know, where, like, a lion could maybe eat you. <laughs> you don't want to do, like, the Disney World safari where it's all, you know, controlled. Right. You want, like, you want, you want a real one. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm going oh, like, to, have to, like, you know, live somewhere for an extended period of time, I'll go with Disney's Animal Kingdom. <laughs> okay. Next up, we've got Epcot for our travel bug. I just need to – I'm pulling up. I need to see faces real quick. I um, love your dedication to the game. Like, you're thinking this through. (laughs) Let me, like, make sure we're getting everybody. Yes. Okay, I put Urson. Okay. In Epcot. Pardon me. This is hard. We like, have easy games here. Come on. Okay. So Nastas is going in Epcot. The reason that I say, because I want to give you reasons, right? I don't want to just put right. people in places. 
Thanasis, Giannis's brother, I'm putting him in Epcot because this guy is always exploring. Like any city the Bucks go to, he always just wants to see what the city's about. He always wants to experience things. I'm putting him in Epcot. Um, I would potentially like, I mean, I know Brooke and Robin are already in <laughs> Hollywood Studios, but like studios. They, appreciate, they appreciate the travel as well. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, let's move them on. Go I like that access. And, yeah. Very loose rules here in this alternate universe. <laughs> <laughs> Some people just aren't moving. I'm not putting them anywhere. <laughs> I love it. Okay, last one. We've got the Magic Kingdom, and as they say, the most magical place on earth. My first inclination is to put Giannis in the Magic Kingdom simply because, like, he's soaking everything in, and he is so enjoying this ride, and I feel like the Magic Kingdom, that's when, especially if you haven't been to Disney World before, that's where you go to soak up all the magic, right? And that's where you go to feel the spirit of Disney. And I feel like Giannis is just feeling the spirit of this amazing ride that he's on. And from his beginnings to now, like the MVP, it's just beautiful. And I don't think he takes the ride for granted. So he's just like soaking it all in. And I think that's what the Magic Kingdom represents. (laughs) Literally Um, the like epitome of dreams becoming a reality. I'm upset. Yes. Where dreams come true, right? Yeah. Um, so that's why I saved Giannis for the Magic Kingdom because I felt like he would go there. Is he by himself? Well, you know, okay, so this I was going to put Pat Connaughton in the Magic Kingdom as well, but for a completely different reason. So say you have, like, you can go to one park when you visit Disney, right? You only have one day, you only have one pass, and they're like, choose right. one park. I would choose the Magic Kingdom because you get, like, a little bit of everything when it comes to Disney. It's not so specific that, you know, you're just, like, seeing animals or you're just going on, like, rides. Like, you can experience a little bit of everything when it comes to Disney if you go to the Magic Kingdom. I want to put Pat Connaughton in the Magic Kingdom because of his commitment to being more than just an athlete. He is obviously focused on basketball, but he's focused on his business. He's always giving back, especially to people at Notre Dame. So I want to put, for that reason, put Pat Connaughton in the Magic Kingdom as an ode to a little bit of everything. Um, yeah. So a different reason than Giannis. <laughs> Where are you going? I was gonna, I like Magic Kingdom. Just because I like, and I, you know, I know, where did you say you wanted to go? Did you say Animal, animal Kingdom? No, you said anim, Animal Kingdom. For the same reason that I put Pat in the Magic Kingdom, Amanda, I would love to put you in the Magic Kingdom as well, simply because, like, you do so many things. I was like, we can't go through this conversation without talking about all the things that you do, right, whether it's radio work or reporter work for the Pac-12 or working with the jazz television production. Like, you do so many things, right? You do a little bit of everything, a little bit of everything when it comes to Disney. I would put you in Magic Kingdom. I like to think that I have multiple talents as well. Magic Kingdom. <laughs> Dora, why are you trying to make me cry? I'm like literally yeah. here. Because you're so nice. <laughs> and I'm not hyping at all. Like, I seriously mean that. I, when you called, I was like, I need to make sure I say this on tape, how impressed I am with all the things that you balance. Oh, my gosh. I'll leave the Animal Kingdom any day to come hang out with you yeah. now. Right? We've got quite a squad, too. So sweet. <laughs> of course.
Absolutely. I mean, like, right back at you. That's why I asked you to be a guest on the show because, like I said before, we stand bosses. That's what the right is. Um, <laughs> thanks for being a good sport and, you know, putting all different players in all different parks. And for those who didn't get picked, have fun in the bubble. <laughs> right? right. You're just, you can just stay in the bubble. You know? Yeah, and, and it, it will have... still be better than most other environments. <laughs> oh, they're fine. Nobody feel bad about the bubble. They're fine. Y'all are fine. Um, Y'all are fine. <laughs> I will say I'm sorry for my lengthy answers, though. I have this tendency to ramble, so anytime you need me to just stop talking, let me know. My answers were way too long no. about why they were in their specific parts. There is no such thing. I, like, actually enjoy an insightful answer, and, like, I'm like, yes, keep going. If you've got more, I'll listen. <laughs> <laughs> but we have some great fan questions for you. So I want to go ahead and get to those before. It's not about the uh uh-oh. These are great things. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not trying to set you up to fail here, girl. I know. You you notice I got always like, uh uh-oh, what do we got coming? (laughs) Um, We're like going to be roomies now at a Disney park, okay? (laughs) We are. Uh, Okay, so first up we've got um, Lindsay Smith, who you may know. She is the sideline reporter of the Phoenix Suns, former guest on the pod. And she says, what are the pros and cons of using an agent? Ooh. Well, you know, I'm like, I, again, we've established I like to end with a positive. I think the con is, well, you gotta, you got to pay them. <laughs> right. So that's whatever the situation is, whether it's like, per check or per contract or whatever it may be, like, you have to pay that person for their services. Um, And a lot of times, I would say, people can get the jobs that they have without that than foregoing having to pay that fee. The pro, especially when it comes to sports, is setting you up for things like a lot of times in sports which is way different than news like sports things are not posted you just have to know if a job is opening you can either hear it through the grapevine if you're that connected but if you're not that's where agent can really help and they can give you a head start on hey this position is about to be open hey this person's leaving which means somebody else may be coming in etc etc right kind of just keeping you in the know and obviously like somebody can put you in the position to be successful, but you have to be prepared for the interview. You kind of have to nail it, so to speak. But it helps just knowing the landscape of things. So that's the short answer. It's really hard, though. I know people that never have agents and are extremely successful and have figured all this stuff out, right? I know people that get agents right off the bat. I um, do work with an agent, and he's great, and we have a partnership, and... Um, I just think it just depends on where you are and what you're trying to get out of it. Um, and I know it has helped me in my journey tremendously. I know that a lot of other people who probably listen to this podcast, thanks for listening first off, but um, that question gets asked a lot just from young broadcasters and, and people aspiring to get into the industry. So thanks for that insightful answer. Yeah, of course. I just think long and hard about it and reach out to people because at the end of the day, like, you don't want to give people money you don't have, right? You work hard for your money um, and you don't want to have to 
give a chunk of it up if it's not worth it to you. But if it's worth it to you to get that position and you don't need help with it, go for it. So not really an answer, but <laughs> hope it helps. I love it. Okay, next up we've got Mia, 3479. Thanks for submitting a question. And she would like to know, what was it like when you first met the bug? The players? <laughs> um <laughs> Like like normal, like you would meet a new coworker, right? You yeah. get a new job and you walk around the office and people say, This is so and so and he works in finance and this is another person and she works in sales, right? Instead of walking around the office, which I did because the Bucks don't have an office, uh, I was in a training center walking around and you happen to meet your new coworker in like the meal room that they have or on the court. And it's just like any other time you would meet people. And if you happen to have like a uh, acquaintance that you all both know, like a mutual friend, you bring that up when you first meet your new coworker, right? Or if you grew up in the same state or, you know, anything like that. So yeah, that's what it was like, like meeting the new coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We have got now Mare Bear 103. I love the deep question So this one. That's where it's going. And they say, where do you see your future? Are we on an interview? Um, <laughs> yes, please tell me. The, that was my interviewer voice. Hello. Right? <laughs> the overarching answer is being able to continue to tell stories on a large platform. And... I would be lying if I didn't say, like, my dreams constantly change. Like, if there was one specific job, like, I, I don't know if I could answer that right now. But I, what I do know is that I love storytelling. I love building relationships with people. I love basketball. And I like informing people, whether that's about what's happening on the court or what's happening in the world. So, yeah, just improving on those skills and seeing where it takes me. And I think that's, like, the best answer because regardless of the dreams or the goals you have, sometimes when you start down a different path, those can change, and that's totally fine, too. That is so okay. I, I mean, like I said, my dreams have changed multiple times, and I like to consider myself relatively young. So that's normal, and, yeah, we just kind of got to keep just getting better and take opportunities as they come. And if the dream changes, that's awesome. That is okay. Well, you are relatively young and have accomplished so much already. And so I usually like to end the podcast by asking said guests this question. Um, and so what is something you are proud of yourself for? Hmm. I, I think recently, especially with this new job, is just taking a chance. And you know when you're, like, on a diving board and it's high up. And, like, yeah, you can swim, but you've never jumped in 20 feet and you've never been 20 feet up. And you're just, like, nervous. You don't know if you can do it because you've never done it before. But, like, you've been given all the tools. Like, you can swim. You can tread water. You know that you know how to do it. But this specific act of diving off of this, like, 20-foot-high diving board, you've just never done. And so you're nervous. 
and you don't know if you should jump in or not. And I'm not going to lie, when I got this job, I was nervous, naturally. I had a great mentor, I'm telling a story within a story, great mentor, Jim Vance, worked for WRC in Washington, D.C., NBC affiliate. And he said, if you don't feel like a little rumbling in your stomach every time you go on air, then maybe you need to rethink things. And no, he's not saying like that you're shaking or that you're constantly nervous and you're not confident. But like, if you don't feel something right as that light is going on, maybe you need to rethink it. And so when I took this job, yeah, I had that that thing in my stomach like, this is like different. And I've worked so hard in one area of broadcasting and I'm potentially putting it on the line for an area that I still don't know where it's going to go. I mean, I'm almost a year in and I don't know where it's going to go, especially with the, you know, everything changing right now with COVID-19. And I said, you know what? I'm going to jump in and I'm going to dive on faith and I'm going to dive on the fact that I've been preparing for this and I'm ready for this and I'm just going to swim as hard as I can. And I'm here swimming as hard as I can. And um, I like to believe I'm still afloat. I'm still here. So, um, yeah, that, that would be my answer to that. Obsessed. That's like my theme word for this episode. Obsessed. <laughs> Can I get it in? Because that's how I feel. It has been literally so fun and such a treat to get to chat with you. I can't wait to meet you at the Magic Kingdom. You are bringing the cheese bread because you're closer to Kenosha than I am right now. <laughs> and hopefully our paths will, will cross in person again very, very soon. No, I am so glad that we have this conversation. I'm so glad other people can hear it. And for anybody who's out there listening, just keep on keeping on and know that you're always enough. Ain't that the motto? I like. Okay, one last time before we go. Obsessed for sure. <laughs> I'm Amanda Smith. We'll catch you next time on How She Did It. 